If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to this episode of Raising Noir Twins. So I want y'all to take a moment and think back to December 2019. This time last year, what were y'all doing? Were y'all planning to get together with family and friends to bring in the new year? Or probably trying to find the cute outfit to bring in the new year with? (laughs) Or maybe you was just talking about, you know what? 2020 about to be my year. You know, I know I'm guilty of that one. But I just wanted to take the time to sit here and reflect on 2020 as a whole. Because we all know it's been such a trying year. And sometimes once when you're going through something or when you're in it, it's hard to see the positive. It's hard to see the growth that you've made. And so I just wanted to take the time to just reflect on all that. Like, you know, even though this year was crazy, we still came out on top, you know. So I started the new year. um, I brought in the new year, excuse me, on a layover in Barbados and Let me tell y'all, that was just so freaking beautiful. I love Barbados. It's one of my favorite islands. Um, So when I was able to actually work a trip there, I was like, bet. (laughs) I'll bring in the new year in Barbados for sure. So I was like, you know what? It's going to be a good start to 2020. So, um, you know, when we got to the time to do the whole countdown, everybody was out on the beach and we all had drinks in our hands and you know, we did the countdown and then there was fireworks and everything. And I just remember standing there looking up at the fireworks and like, you know, tears kind of came to my eyes. Not kind of, they did. <laughs> and I just remember thinking or just like asking God to, to just watch over me and my babies and to guide me and navigate, help navigate me through this new role in my life as the mother. Um, because it was all so new for me, you know, and yeah, I just remember standing there thinking about that, like, yo, I'm a mom, like, let's go, like, let's do this shit. (laughs) And, um, yeah, but it was such a beautiful moment though, to be out there on the beach and like to hear the waves going. Um, it was pretty magical. It was, it was, it was pretty dope. And, um. So later in January, I turned 34. Actually, it was still pretty early. January 11. Just gonna throw that out there. I want to send a sister some. <laughs> but no, January 11th, I had turned 34, and then a couple weeks later, um, I had vacation, and I had decided, you know what, we're gonna go to California. I want everybody to get my babies, and so that's what we did. And now at this time, I already was awarded my transfer to California. So I was really also going there to kind of just, you know, get a feel of how things were going to be and everything, whatever. So we get there and it was just great. It was a great vacation. Um, They got to see their great grandmother, their grandfather, aunts, uncles, cousins. And I was just like, you know what? 
this move ain't gonna be that bad. It's gonna be good. You know, everybody's gonna be just down the street, so accessible. And yeah, I just felt like it was it was the right thing to do, you know, with the whole move. So it was a great vacation and um, it actually extended into February. So we were able to celebrate my nephew's 12th birthday. So he decided he wanted a birthday party at the skating rink. And y'all, everybody came out for his birthday. Like, it was smacking at the skating rink, okay? <laughs> I mean, not only with our little group that we had, but it was it was just smacking, period. And I was like, dang, first of all, this brings back so many memories. For y'all that grew up in South Sac, I don't know if y'all remember going to Cal Skate all the time, but that used to be my spot. But anywho, I've digressed. So, um, so yeah, we're all at the skating ring and um, things kind of took a turn and, you know, we're all talking and all of a sudden my dad just becomes unresponsive. And we're just like, it's at first we didn't know because sometimes he'd be joking and stuff like, you know, if we're like, is he playing? Is he not like, what the hell's going on? And then he was just like not responding and it almost looked like he wasn't breathing. And then like I started freaking out and because to me, it looked like I was witnessing my father take his last breath. And y'all, that shit's scary. It's like, it was scary. So um, we called the ambulance. They came, they got him, they took him to the hospital and he stayed in there for, I think, about a week or so. Um, so I had ex extended my vacation out a little bit longer. And come to find out, he had cancer. And so that was just like, where the, where the fuck did this come from? Like, it was just like out of left field. Like, here we are. We're just all having a good time, enjoying each other. And then, boom, you know, he had cancer. And so now they're talking about he's going to have to have surgery. He's going to, you know, all this different treatments and all this stuff or whatever so I was just like oh my gosh you know just trying to process it all because nobody was prepared prepared for that like it just came out of left field and but too also in that moment I was really glad that I already knew I was coming back to live because I don't know how I would I don't know how I would have done it knowing that I was so far away and my dad was going through all this and there's no way that I could be there to help him in any type of way. Um, so once he had, was released from the hospital, we ended up going back home, but went back, excuse me, to Florida and I was getting all my last minute stuff together, uh, working my last little trips out of uh, Miami. And um, then we finally did the big move. I want to say it was like February 27th, maybe. It was towards the end, the end of the month, that's for sure. And we moved in. And at the time, I didn't have my own place. So we moved in with my sister, and which was great. I'm so grateful for her opening up her home to us and everything. But it, it was just a little tight. It wasn't just me. It was me coming with two little ones. And, you know, it was just like anybody that has had their own place before that, you know, most of your adult life, you've had your own spot. You've been taking care of your own stuff or whatever. Um, it's quite an adjustment, you know, to get used to living with living with someone, living with people and not being able to have like your own solitude, your own space to go to. Um, so I think that kind of, you know, added to a little bit of my stress that I was um, experiencing at that time. And um yeah, so when we um, got there, 
uh, and I first started working in March. So March was like the first, my first trip out of um, San Francisco and everything like that. And we had, I remember we, I think we just uh, started wearing like our new uniforms. I think March 1st was like the first day they were rolling out new uniforms and everything. So I was like, okay, whatever, boom. And then coronavirus hits. <laughs> and then like, it just changed everything drastically, you know, especially for our, for our industry. Like people didn't want to go anywhere. People were like, I'm not messing with the airports. I'm not messing with no flight. I'm staying at home. You know, that's what it became like the essential, um, essential travel and all this stuff. And there were times when I felt like it was almost more crew members on the flight than passengers, you know, on certain routes that I was doing. And um, so then it became, well, are they going to do furloughs? Like, am I going to get furloughed? You know, so then that was like a whole nother thing on top of that, you know, <laughs> It's like, man, I done moved out here with my girls and, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to be doing this job. And so now, now I'm thinking, okay, so if this isn't going to happen, like, what's my next move going to be? If I get furloughed, what's my next move? So I'm like sitting here, you know, just trying to figure out different things. See if I, if this might be something I might enjoy doing. Is that something I might, you know, because now it's not just me that I'm responsible for. I have these two little ones that rely on me for everything, you know, whereas before I'd be like, all right, I'm out. I'm gonna just go over here. Like, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> but now I have, you know, my girls to think about and I want to create some type of stability for them. Um, and so especially throughout this time when I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get furloughed. I don't know what the deal is. And they were offering leaves. And I was just like, well, I don't want to take a leave and use unemployment or anything like that. Like, I'm going to just keep working until I know what's going to happen. At least I know that I'm going to get some money, you know. And so then shortly after that is when my dad had his surgery. And his surgery, like any surgery, it's always scary, you know. But then it's like he's older and and this is the thing y'all I saw this somewhere and it just resonated with me because it was something that said no one really prepares you for your parents getting older and I was just like this is so true because in my mind like they still like cool parents you know what I mean like they used to throw parties all the time and like we just had a good time you know and so to see that they're older and that like they're bodies in a sense is like breaking down it's really hard to see and um and so it really scared me when he had to go into surgery and you know really not knowing exactly what what the outcome was going to be or how things were going to transpire and all this stuff whatever it was just really it was really nerve-wracking it was scary and um but he got through it you know um and then he started doing like, you know, chemo treatments and everything like that. And then as he's trying to recover physically, you know, it's now shifting to like all of this paperwork stuff he has to do to retire and to for, to get disability and all this stuff. And I just feel like they make these processes so freaking difficult. And it really doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be this difficult. Like I gave y'all 30 years of my life. I should be able to be like, I just want to retire. This is what I want. Boom. You know what I mean? Like, 
they make it so hard. And then, oh, these taxes here in California, y'all. Ooh. <laughs> it's a mess. Anywho, I've digressed again. So he's fine. He He's fine now. Um, he's doing great. And um, he actually called me the other day saying that he's taking his last treatment um, next week. So he's doing well. And I'm so I'm just so glad that I was able to be there in that time because with my job, not only, I guess, thanks to COVID, but also being based in San Francisco, um, there aren't a lot of trips. It's not a lot of flying that's going in and out of San Francisco like there was in Miami. So I had a lot more time at home and that worked out to my benefit because then I was able to spend a lot more time with my girls, but also I was more accessible for my father. I was there to like help him with all this um like paperwork and and retirement process and everything too so I'm just really grateful in that sense that I I had the time and that my time was very flexible enough for me to be available to everybody um but like I said he's doing great and he's fine and my girls as I had mentioned, I had more time to spill with my girls and they turned one in August of this year. And let me tell you, like these girls are the bomb.com. Like I just look at them in such amazement. Like I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I sit there and I watch them like play with each other and run around and it just freaking blows my mind, y'all. And really to see them grow into their own little personalities. Like, I think I've mentioned before how Lala is more reserved. And Cece's more, like, more social, like, more outgoing. And, um, but when they come together and they play together, it's just the cutest thing, y'all. And I don't know about y'all, but, like, there's nothing more precious than hearing, like, your babies laugh and giggle. Oh my God, it just melts. Oh my God, like getting all emotional thinking about it. (laughs) But it just warms my heart. You know, like I just want my girls to be happy. You know, my, my goal for them, my dream for them is to be happy and to live just a carefree life and do what they want to do. You know, so anywho, And I also want to just say that I'm really proud of the co-parenting relationship that I have with their father, because a lot of times um, it's not it's not a good one. You know, you see the bitter, you know, parents go back and forth and they're arguing. And I didn't want that. I did not want that for my girls and me and their father. We are really good friends. I think we communicate very well with each other and we we still are on the same lines of um, with the views on how we want to raise our girls too. And so for that, I'm just, I'm super grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. Um, You know, that they have a dad that is involved and wants to be involved and that just loves them to death. And that we both realize that it's not even, it's not even about us. It's about these girls and it's about giving them everything that they need, you know, everything that, that they need to succeed and to feel loved and not to ever feel like 
one parent doesn't care or anything like no we in this together like these are our our girls and um and i think we've come to a really great understanding about that so i don't know i think it's i think it's a great thing uh, you know that we have going on here and um yeah so i think overall with 2020 you know all the things that i had mentioned have been stressful <laughs> whether it was you know my dad's health and being there for him and you know kind of making sure he's okay the uncertainty of my job which by the way in october they did do furloughs but i had made the cut by i mean barely like barely y'all um let's see what else was i going through the big move from california from florida to california to living with my sister with my two kids and which by the way i don't know if i mentioned we got our own um we've got a house that accommodated all of us that accommodates all of us so everybody has their own space they have a place where they can go to chill relax so we're all good (laughs) but yeah everything has just been it was like it felt at one point that it was just so much pressure on me for a lot of stuff and you know I just felt like man like is it gonna get better are these things gonna get off my back like I just want things to just be okay you know and now at the end of the year, December 2020, I can say that things are looking so much brighter. Um, I know last year at this time, we're all like, 2020 is going to be our year. It's going to be my year, you know, and then it ha- this happened. But you know what? I'm really looking forward to 2021. Um, I just feel like a lot of things have been falling into place. And I'm really excited to see like where things are going to head, where, how everything's going to play out. And, um, yeah. So I've, with that being said, I've made some, um, I've made a new year's resolution and it's just one. It's not a whole list of, um, of things. It's actually just one. And that one is but there's like three things under it so i guess it is kind of multiple but my new year's resolution is to take care of me and now i know that sounds selfish this whole time i've been talking about you know taking care of my babies being the best mom for my babies but hear me out my new year's resolution is to take care of me and physically to me what i want to do more of is to pamper myself I don't feel like I do that enough. I feel like I'm always kind of just like on the go. Everything I do now, obviously at this point is for my baby. So I put myself, you know, I'm second. Like let me make sure they good and then I'll take care of me. But by the time I get to me, I'm tired. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, there's nothing left for me. So that's what I'm saying. I want to take care of me. So I want to pamper myself a little bit more and, um, you know, start working out more in which for a couple of months, I was going consistently to the gym and working out. But when I'm saying working out more, I mean, like actually make it a lifestyle change. Like it's not just, 
okay, I'm going to do this for this amount of time or whatever. Like, you know, being more proactive with it and, and consistent with it. And being more conscious of, of what I eat. You know, I think I do an okay job. Like, I really, I'm really not a crazy eater. Like, I don't do a whole lot of fast food. I don't do, you know, stuff like that. But I can always do better. So that's the physical aspect of it. It's to pamper myself, work out more on a consistent basis and incorporate it into my lifestyle and be more conscious of what I eat. And now mentally, when I say I want to take care of myself, I I want to stop with the self-doubt. I need to stop with the self-doubt and believe in me and my ideas and uh, excuse me because a lot of times like I have these ideas I have things that I want to do but then I doubt myself like uh like is that gonna work or I don't know like what why why girl why like (laughs) I don't know it's like all these things come in that try to stop me from progressing with these ideas and these thoughts that I have and things that I want to do and I need to stop with that I need to just do it and so that's the the mental aspect of what I mean that I want to take care of myself is to stop with the self-doubt and now emotionally um I want to allow myself to feel vulnerable at times and to know that sometimes it's okay to cry and not to keep things bottled in So with me, whenever I'm going through things, like I feel like people can see when something's wrong with me, but instead of opening up and being vulnerable, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And I try to like handle it on my own because in my mind, I'm like, everybody got stuff that they're going through. Why, why would somebody want to listen to what I'm going through? And then two, if you're not going to help with a solution, why am I, why am I going to tell you everything? Like, that's just how I process things. Like, if it's not going to benefit this situation, I'm not going to sit here and and give out everything to you. I'm not going to tell you everything. I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. But sometimes it is necessary to be vulnerable and to, to express yourself um, and those emotions that you're going through because keeping it bottled in at some point is, is going to come out and it's not going to come out in a way that you want it to. And so that's what... Um, I'm referring to when I say I need to take care of myself emotionally. And I feel like incorporating all of these things um, in return will make me a better mother. It'll help me to to show my girls how to effectively communicate um, your emotions, you know, or how to take care of yourself physically, you know, um, and to know that mentally, whatever you think of, whatever it is that you want to do, that you can do it. Like, don't, don't doubt yourself. So with all that being said, (laughs) um, how was your 2020? You know, I know that for for a lot of people, for all of us, really, it has been a difficult year. And, um, you know, dealing with things that we didn't necessarily foresee happening. But what is the silver lining of your 2020? Were there any positives that came out of it? Did you find that, you know what, this, even though COVID, you know, kind of put a damper on things, this happened, 
you know, and this made me a better person or this made me a better mother, better sister, better brother, father, cousin, uncle, aunt, anything, you know, how, how has it affected, how has it affected you? And, um, you know, moving forward, are we still going to say like, you know, 2021 going to be our year? (laughs) Are we scared to say that? I don't know. But for me, I'm gonna put it out there. I really think 2021 is gonna be a great year. I really do. Like I feel it. I really feel it. And I really can't wait to to kind of just see how how things are gonna all play out. You know, I've met some really great people, and um, and anxious to see how how those friendships and um, things will blossom and and play out in the future. I think that'd be a great thing. So like I said, even though COVID has put a damper on a lot of things this year, um, you know, we all had our personal struggles, but I can honestly sit here and say that I'm still so thankful, so grateful, and so blessed. And I hope that you guys have had some type of, um, silver lining throughout this whole year and I wish you nothing but the best in the upcoming year of 2021 and um, on that note I think I'm gonna just go ahead and end it and uh, you know how to reach me but if not I'm gonna go ahead and tell you on Facebook I can be reached at Noir Twins excuse me and on Instagram at Raising Noir Twins and go ahead and subscribe share like comment rate all that good stuff y'all you know I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear how your 2020 played out and how you think the 2021 is going to go. If you have any plans, any New Year's resolutions, I'd love to hear that. So until next time, beautiful people, peace.